Hi, this is Lilia with the Help Your Sales podcast. And with me today, I have a beautiful young man that I've known since he was a baby. His name's Gary Ferguson, and he was brought up in Tarbert, which is where I was living when I was bringing up my kids. So it's been quite incredible to kind of get to know you again, Gary, um, at this stage of your life and learn about this incredible thing that you've put together called the Combat Journal. Um, So thank you for coming in the podcast. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm good, thanks, Alea. Yeah, it's uh, like you say, you've known me for uh, for an awful long time and I'm I'm sure uh, it's nice to see me sort of grow up and and, uh, go down this little route that it's joining yeah. us back together again. So. Yes, it is so interesting mm. for me because yeah, it's, good. It's, the same, it's the same in Malta. You know, a lot of the people that I knew when they were just in their 20s and I see what they're doing now, it's really, it's amazing to see what young people are doing now. Now, the journal, I bought one and I have not actually started filling it in yet, but I understand that you, basically you helped yourself by creating this journal and then with an understanding that if it helped you, like I, I always say, you know, things that help us, you want to share them with others because you think, mm. well, if you feel the crappy way I used to feel and I can give you something that can help, why would I not do that? So I know there's been a lot of time I've, I've read through it, you know, and it's it's just really beautifully put together and I'm really, really impressed with how you've done it. So can you just tell us a story about how it came to be? Of course, yeah. So, growing up um, in the west coast of Scotland, I was always a a very anxious kid, um, and that sort of that sort of took over me a little bit as I as I grew into my older years. Um, but not only that, I was awful. I was an awful closed person, so I never really discussed how I was feeling, sort of how I suffered from my anxieties. I sort of more had the sort of west coast just grin and bear it talk type attitude uh, and it wasn't until um, after my years in the Navy um, I lost my best friend in the Navy and and sort of that grew these anxieties and, and these almost made me a lot more close as a person again um, and that was something I sort of took into my years post-Navy offshore, um, I'm now an offshore deep sea diver and I sort of kept on heeding this thing over and over that I was a very close person and and it's, it's something that I'm well aware of. I, I sort of, I know why I'm a close person. Um, however, I, I started to realise that it was maybe affecting other people and, and I should maybe look to to sort of at least help myself a little bit there. Um, but like I say, because I was a very close person, there was no way I was going to talk to somebody. That wasn't the, the easy route for me. Um, and the route that I sort of grew to know quite well was was talking to myself. Um so again, that the the talking to myself and writing a journal, which which as I told you um, at the weekend, was almost like the br- blueprint to to what Combat Journal is today. And that was that was almost working on my my closeness to myself, um, and and part of where my anxiety stemmed from. But again, as, as well as that, I. I, I I sort of tried to work to my strengths, which was was fitness. I've always done a little bit of fitness, so I knew that if I took part in in some long endurance events, that I could maybe answer certain questions that I maybe wouldn't have answered to myself immediately. Um, so I started taking part in in long distance events, and one of the big ones was was the Ironman in two thousand and nineteen, um, Ironman Bolton, uh, and again it was it was putting myself in in that position where. 
I, I was forced to answer certain questions. I was, I was doing fitness for, I think it was 13 hours in total that day. So yeah, you hit many a walls and, and many a questions and, and that alongside developing this journal, I, I sort of grew to, to know what questions I was asking myself, which turned into um, what some of these exercises are incorporating. And again, like I said, with, with the exercises and expressive writing, that's, that's what combat journal is. So in a nutshell, it's it's um, a personal exercise-based journal designed to encourage positive mental health through the use of positive psychotherapy exercises and expressive writing, which just came from my own my own experiences. Okay, brilliant. And mm. it's always interesting, isn't it? You put yourself under that level of duress or stress, and I always say that any healing modality can end up what you're doing is deliberately putting yourself under it whether it's fasting you know that's very stressful for a lot of people whether it's exercising like Ironman you're not really going to get much more stress than that whether it's ice cold water you know what we're what we're doing is deliberately putting the body into that level of stress to see what happens and and that's clearly I didn't realize that part of the story because Mm -hmm. I don't think we went went into that yeah we didn't yeah and again and again, you just touched on it a little bit there, and and it's sort of there are is the different levels of, of the story, and it's it's like you say, it's all sort of amalgamated into to one product, and and again, like I mentioned at the weekend, it's all about changing our mindset and and putting ourselves in these vulnerable positions, like you say, maybe ice baths or or endurance event. It almost gets us to focus subconsciously and consciously on the here, the now, and the present isn't because again like a lot of the problems with nowadays lifestyle is too often we focus or dwell on past experiences past failures past hurdles and and think how much we can do better or we're too busy focusing on future events maybe future holidays future deadlines and it's very rare that we actually do sit down and and sort of um, appreciate the here and the now and again with doing things like endurance events or or ice cold baths you don't really have much time to focus on past or the future you're 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 very much present in that that task in hand absolutely you don't it, so it takes you away from all the stuff that doesn't really matter that much but you've been given mm-hmm. it a little headspace and brings you in to the body <laughs> and into yeah. what's happening in the now and yeah that's a, that's a great way to explain it because mm-hmm. yeah all of these things that are calling on the body and and also it's a feeling, isn't it? That's what I was saying to people when I take exactly. them. Oh, you you know, because a lot of people are like, oh, you're crazy. I would never do that. And it's like it's a feeling, you know. And you can be in for a yeah. couple of minutes and back out. It's a really quick way to put the body under, call for the good stress, and get back out. But still, some people will not even try it. And I think that's possibly indicative of how we are as a nation in terms of talking about how we feel. We don't want to feel uncomfortable. We don't. We like exactly. to, we like this our heat in the house to be a certain temperature. The heat in the car. If it gets a bit too cold or a bit too hot, I mean, what do we talk about all the time in Scotland? The bloody weather, <laughs> you know. Yeah. As realistically, these you know we are electromagnetic beings as much as we are physical, biological, mm. and we're having these um, you know feelings all the time. And it's instead of trying to avoid them. And, you know, kid on that they're not happening for whatever reason we, we do that. And I think there's different reasons why we do it. It's about going, well, let's just feel them. 
Yeah. See what happens. What would you think is the worst that could possibly happen? You know. So did and that's you... it. You know, we just became too comfortable with the uncomfortable, haven't we? Absolutely. Um, we have tried to avoid it like yeah. the plague, and it's causing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's causing us a lot of problems. You know, we don't like to exercise as much because that can cause discomfort. We don't like to change the temperature. We don't like to, you know, we like to eat the foods that we like all the time rather than saying, well, we have to actually think what's here in season, you know, at the right time because nature, I believe, knows best. But can we talk about your, um, you were in the Marines, was it? Yes, I was a Navy diver. Um, ah. So still yeah. a Navy, but just, yeah. Uh-huh. And so what was that like in terms of, you know, because people come out of sometimes out the forces with hugely positive experiences, but also, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes with hugely negative ones. What was that like for you? And did that play a part? In- um, I wouldn't necessarily say it played a part. I mean, certainly, like I say, I already had these anxieties going into the, the military. I was already a close person before I went into the military. Um there's no denying the fact that the decisions that were made preventing me from attending my best friend's funeral had a little bit of, of negative effect towards me. And I was, I feel as if I was at a very vulnerable age at my, my life. I was sort of 17, just turning 18. Um, and a well-known phrase they used to, they used to drill into us, especially on our Navy diving course, is that we were like onions and they used to peel back the layers of the onions until you were left with the bulb. And that was their, their model of a perfect fighting frogman and then they would build build the layers back up again to, to to their model which they wanted um and again when i was sort of going through my form of trauma and people are peeling the layers back you are left very vulnerable and i think i was just left a little bit confused for a very long time sort of confused how to feel confused how to act um that would maybe come out in frustration sometimes, maybe a little bit of anger sometimes, because again, you don't know how to process it. You don't know how to how to get it out. And again, because I'm not the most verbal of people, that was an issue in itself because I would never verbalize any of these thoughts or feelings. And after the, the military advised me or strongly advised me not to go to the funeral, they always said, you know, if you ever need somebody to talk to we can provide the chaplain and you see you see him every sunday in, in training anyway and um, you go to the you go to church you sort of speak to the chaplain however as i previously maybe mentioned he he's not qualified to sort of extract that information if you are a very close person um so all he has is a is a great ear to sit and listen and, and maybe make you a cup of tea but um but that's all he ever is so yeah i I didn't really talk to anyone. I just sort of harboured it and, and suffered in silence. Mm-hmm. And I think you've, you've just hit on that exactly. What happens if we don't speak our truth, which is very much it's about what we want or what we feel we need, um, then we can get angry afterwards because we know, I suppose mm-hmm. that anger really is ultimately ourselves because we should have stood up for ourselves. Or, and that can happen with you know, really powerful, you know, important times in your life and not quite so important just because you... Mm-hmm. You know, you you feel that you didn't, um, you weren't heard, I suppose, really. But how can you be heard if you're not even speaking? Exactly. Yeah. Um, and they did, and and they never asked at one point, which I was, you know, looking into it now as an adult or more of an adult. Um, I don't. I, looking back now, I never. Nobody ever asked me what I wanted to do. You know, it was always presumed. Well, we're quite worried that he's quite upset about this. 
if he goes back home for the funeral, the chances are he'll maybe not return. I mean, they were just speculating and they were sort of almost looking into my future and deciding for me. Um, didn't think that I was maybe strong enough to to sort of make those decisions myself or didn't think I was strong enough to, to sort of act upon maybe certain emotions or decisions. So again, like I say, that I think that just made me more closed because people tend to question, like you say, your own abilities to make choices. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and it comes down to trust ultimately, isn't it? And that's of course, exactly for all of us, you know, it's the trust in the process and trusting our children, trusting our grandchildren, trusting, you know, because we tend to think we know better. And I think certainly, you know, much as it's not that long ago, it's it's quite a long w- time ago in terms of how much we understand now much more about mental health. And and also, to you know, you've managed by, by yourself to create something and, you know, and work your way out of it which I think most of us do to be honest you know because you you know you you kind of duck and dive and you try things etc but obviously some people don't (laughs) you know for whatever reason you know that they've maybe not had such a good start or such a good basis so these things Mm -hmm. can end up crushing people definitely but I think one of the main problems I think we tend to see in like like you said what's stopping maybe some people from helping themselves is they maybe don't have the time to research and find out these models that exist out there. So they just, they've got just the, the, pref, the pressures of life, you know, waking up early in the morning, rush hour traffic, work, come home, um, cook dinner, maybe deal with the family, bed. And it's just a repeat. They don't have time to, to sort of look at these models that may work or may not work or they don't. And then maybe they're like myself. They don't want to talk to somebody. So again, as well as no time and, and not wanting to talk to somebody that, like you say, this pressure cooker just builds and builds until it can't take anymore. And again, that's that we're it's our own fault for for letting us ourselves get like that and and not being able to express our feeling to to loved ones or friends or work colleagues or anyone really. Well, you the time thing is definitely a big issue because um, you know I usually work with people who have been diagnosed terminal and that's a real you know minefield of if you, which tends to happen, the, the people that come towards me are young women who've been diagnosed terminal, they've got young children usually, and, you know, what they're already up to here with things to do, and then I come in and say, you need to change your diet, you need to do, you know, it's just like, mm-hmm. you know, I realise that that can actually make things worse. That's why yeah. I love this idea of the journal. I actually spoke to a man the other day who's been diagnosed terminal, obviously he's not willing to completely take that on board yet and I recommended the journal because I thought what a brilliant thing for anybody who's struggling with their health because the stuff that I teach is all always about what's the emotional side to it you know because Mm -hmm. when you've had shock traumas like really terribly painful things that have happened the body of course records that like you know it's had an electric shock it's like fork lightning has you know penetrated and it penetrates into the organs and the systems of the body. And that, that they call it in the meta world, it's Roger Hammer's work. Um, you know, it, it's recorded and then it puts the body into a higher than normal state of stress um, that you can find very difficult to get out of. And then it goes on to influence things for decades if you don't um, unravel it. And there's lots of different mm-hmm. ways to unravel it. But I think, you know, in the Western 
ver version of what the body is. We think of everything as physical in chemistry and biology. And we don't realize that, you know, the, the emotional side's enormous when it comes to depressing the immune system. And arguably, through some train of thoughts, clearly you can be physically traumatized as well by accidents and falling, etc. Yeah. But these um, emotional traumas, which I mean, you're very lucky if you don't, if you escape them completely, all of us have got yeah. them. And not exactly. just the traumas that actually did happen, which clearly happened with your friend, but the things that we thought happened, but didn't actually happen. If the body recorded it yeah. at the time as if it was real, then it was real at the time and that's how it's recorded it. So there's all the stuff that actually happened. And then there's all the stuff that actually never happened because we were projecting it into the future from back into the past you know it's um... and that's that that was the the quite alarming thing that i actually found out from speaking to to charities around the uk and um, when i was doing a lot of research into this and again like you say when we talk about trauma sometimes we think something extreme you know like like you're maybe terminally ill or or one of your friends or relatives is terminally ill and we think of the most serious of situations or circumstances when when just at a point noted there everyone probably goes through some form of trauma in their life and an actual figure that i received from the charities was up to and sometimes over 80 percent of all their contacts they can relate back to having some form of trauma or that's what's relating to their to their certain feelings or emotions now it relates back to um, some form of childhood trauma. And the way I sort of look at it, and it's, it's a model we we use off we use offshore quite quite often, is the Swiss cheese model of disaster. I don't know if you've ever came across it. Yes. And if, if you picture, you have yeah. So if you picture all your wheels of cheese, and with the holes through them, and if you try and put a rod and join up all these holes, and you think if the first layer of cheese, the first sort of layer of your life is is when your childhood. And you receive from some form of childhood trauma, let's say 80% of a lot of their contacts are or have, that rod's already through there before you've even thought about life, before you even realise what your likes and dislikes are. You know, it's it's unavoidable for some. And then you maybe throw in some bad grades in your teens, some peer pressure as you get older. And before you know it, that rod's just slowly working its way, all these wheels of cheese, until all of a sudden somebody cuts you up in, in the motorway or somebody... Uh, throws a trolley in front of you in Tesco and, and all of a sudden you break down and and you struggle to understand it yourself because you think oh it's so silly why am I breaking down because such a such a small task or such a small impact in my life and if you dig a little bit, bit deeper you realize that it could maybe go further than just the motorway or, or the queue in Tesco. Mm. Yes and that's really important you're the way I see um, the combat journal is it's like it's like instead of just saying sit there and meditate, which for most people is just like that's never going to happen, um, mm -hmm. or you know just here's an open you know a notebook, write down your feelings and thoughts. Again, you know that's it's just not enough for most people. But you're actually giving people a guided journal, so you don't have to sit and think, well, what should I think about? What should I write? You know, there's obviously you can write whatever you want, but you they're you're guiding them through these really clever inviting questions mm -hmm. are going to get you to think and then with the process of writing because obviously the arms are an extension of the heart where it's letting go I think I said that to you you know it's just it's another mm -hmm. way of letting go without having to tell everybody your story and for you to be able to even probably get an insight to yourself 
like we were talking about at the gathering where you you know you can look back on the journal even after a few days never mind a few weeks and go oh my god of course yeah so you get yeah. you learn because it's really a, a journey of self-discovery isn't it definitely not completely and i think even the way the the way the journal set up is is it's a journey within itself really um so for anyone who's not sort of um, got one or, or knows what it is, it's a three-step journal. Um, the first stage is all about reflecting on prior to how you've been feeling before starting the journal. Um, so initially when I was looking to have this exercise or, or section, I was just going to have two blank pages. And then I realized that when I was journaling myself, two blank pages were such an intimidating thing. Um, and I would probably just sit and stare at it for ages or maybe doodle a little. Um, so I then decided to change it to four simple prompts that was easy questions that was just going to warm you up and talking to yourself on a more of an emotional level. Um, and that's the first section done. And again, when you've, when, you've, when you've not journaled or when you've not committed yourself to something, taking things in little small bite size makes you feel as if you're achieving a lot more. So that's why that first stage is a simple one exercise, one double page and that's you completed it. You feel a little bit good about yourself. Oh, I've already completed stage one. I may as well complete more. And stage two is 15 exercises. These exercises are based around well-proven psychotherapy exercises. And these 15 are focused solely on looking a little bit deeper within yourself. So maybe answering certain questions that you've maybe never asked yourself before or understanding why you feel or acting a certain way. And you actually repeat those once. So it's 1 to 15, and then again back to 1 to 15 again. And then, then you went to section 3, which is 15 exercises again, but they're solely around strength-based exercises, so building you back up again. So like I say, this sort of journey that you go on, you look a bit deeper within yourself, and then you sort of lift yourself up with all the strengths. Um, and even, again, when I was developing the journal, it was solely going to be one section with a load of exercises to get you to look a little bit deeper and however even as I was learning myself I understood that there was a massive misconception towards positive psychology when it was being developed and that was to say that if there's been certain things or or memories that's been making you feel a certain way or getting you down depressed or anxious if I was to physically remove that from you then you're automatically going to be happy when I think history's proven time and time again that that's not how it works. Um, so again, as as well as me removing that um, certain feeling or the emotion, I I again have to build you back up to sort of create this happiness within. Um, so that's that's almost as part as important as looking within yourself. So that's why it's sort of a bit of a journal, a bit of a journey in the journal. <laughs> yes, well, because I think you know the reality is it is a journey. And we are so entrenched into thinking, take an antibiotic for five days, do something for, we want it to be quick, don't don't we? <laughs> and, you know, we were having a conversation this morning about, you know, because we've got some pretty state-of-the-art, you know, energy healing uh, modalities up at the farm, which are super exciting. But the reality is if people are not willing to do work on themselves, and, you know, I see the journal as a really integral part mm -hmm. of that now. I think it's <clears throat> delighted that you, you know, contacted me and I've learned about it because, and that's why I wanted to do a podcast with you, because I think it's so important that we have these conversations 
um, so that you can really understand what the product is. I just think everybody should be getting it for the Christmas. <laughs> I, want, I want to get another four off you because I'm like, I, yeah. I just think, and it's also maybe not the kind of thing that you would buy yourself, but if you get it in a gift, you're going to sit and you're mm-hmm. going to, and why would you not just start? Now you've, I know that you said as soon as you started expressive writing, you started to feel better relatively quickly, actually. And yeah, that's yeah. the feedback you've been getting from people, isn't it? It is, yeah. Like a few, a few people that I've known have have sort of echoed that. Um, a few strangers have just contacted me um, to tell me that they've noticed a change in themselves. And yeah, it seems to be around about three or four exercises in. Um, which again, you can understand that if. For people that's maybe not an avid journaler or they're new to it and they're cr- trying to create this habit within their own mind, they're maybe not going to pick it up every single day. But again, if you start noticing these changes rather quickly, you're yeah. going to be more inclined to pick it up more often and, and work through it a lot more. And, and again, the, the more that you work through it, the quicker the, the results are going to be. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it'll be, I'm sure, like a lot of things, you still have to actually use it to get the results. Of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's there's loads of science around um, writing and journaling. We we know exactly. the difference. Um, and I think you know it's just a, a phenomenal the way you've set it out. I've never seen anything quite like it. So well mm-hmm. done again. Now the other thing that Thank I wanted to talk to you about was um, Scottish men. You know we all because you you came and you spoke at the Goddess Gathering, obviously, and you you said you know that you'd been told by a, a few people that you were very closed and mm-hmm. quite a few of these people were women <laughs> that I told you and we all kind of giggled because I think there's not very many women that have thought why don't you communicate with me because <laughs> <laughs> women probably are talking so much and men are just like that oh shut up and not saying or maybe <laughs> feeling if they do say it's not going to be heard in the right way so I love the fact, and I know Joe asked you, that it's, it's, it may seem a bit masculine because it's combat, but when you talk mm-hmm. about combating your feelings and combating your stories, I think it's a, it's definitely a unisex product. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. But in terms of, I think, for men, if we're recognising, we know that men are much more likely to commit suicide and they suffer in silence, for sure. Mm-hmm. And this is a tool that, given that there's a 14-month waiting list to get to see somebody that people can just use straight away themselves. And exactly. And it was different. the difference is quite fast as well. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that's why we... How many million have you got? We could send them out, get Santa to... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so... That's, I mean, I think that's really, you know, that's going to be the gift. from For me, from the Heal Scotland perspective, mm-hmm. it's always about how can we engage people to understand how powerful they are and how they can help their sales, help them. Yeah, nice. And again, yeah. like you say, it's, it's just it's sparking these conversations as well. And, and that's the good thing about sort of this change that's happened now is that more people are inclined to talk about their own thoughts and feelings and and on different platforms like this and you know you're spreading the message and and that's my main goal throughout this is is to help fight this stigma um around mental health and around being able to talk openly about your maybe struggles and i think you know when i was doing this project it was never my passion or my goal to to release it on e-commerce and and sort of you know just sell it online and because i i just found 
that it is quite a saturated market when it comes to self-help journals. Um, and even though I feel that mine's completely different and digs a little bit deeper, and I could hopefully express that with with promoting it, um, I knew that again that wasn't going to help fight this stigma that I'm that I'm sort of quite passionate about. Um, and the main way that I was looking to do that was through employers, through um, industries, organisations, and companies who are looking to provide something to their employees to promote positive mental health. And again, it's helping these companies realize that if they don't provide something, why aren't they providing something? And if they do provide something, is it actually helping or is it just a tick box exercise? Because once you tell these companies or or just highlight to these companies how how detrimental to their profits, to their lost working days that mental health is, you soon get them realize, you know, that they could actually, you know, they always say speculate to accumulate. So if they invest in their employees, they might get a little bit more out of them, more productivity, more profits, um, and a and a overall happy happier workforce. Because I think that's that's all we really strive for. Really, is to be happy at home, happy at work, and and have a happy life. Really, absolutely. And creativity. You know, the way I teach is, you know, the, the kind of more contracted emotions. We in the Sedona method, we talk about the scale of emotions, and we have six contracted. The bottom three are apathy, grief, and fear. And then the top three are courage, courageousness, acceptance, and peace. And when you're in these more contracted states, you're not creative. You're not solution-orientated. You can't be. So, you know, when you start to write, start to journal, and you can release all of that so that you're in these more expanded states, everybody wins. Every day in your family, every day in your workplace, everybody within, you know, like Carla, uh, what's her name, Lynn McTaggart, she talks about everybody within a kilometre having a, an effect on you. You know, yeah. that's why in cities I think people can, are finding it more and more difficult now because there's so many people frantic. But as, you know, so we're all having an effect on each other. So if you're not in these more expanded states, you're in problem mode. So there's going to be a lot more problems. So any employer has got to realise if you've got people in these more open states, you're going to get more creativity, you know, more fun. <laughs> and ultimately, surely that's how we want to be passing our days, by having a laugh, brainstorming mm. these ideas. You know, Because what they've had us doing recently because of time, the, the illusion of time is we're all ra- chasing the clock and racing the clock. Yeah. Definitely we- living for the weekends. Yeah. Exactly. Trying to squash too much in, and it's just not conducive to being productive and happy and healthy. Because yes. obviously, yeah. mental health is one issue, but you spend a lot of time miserable, you will, your physical body will reflect. Of course, mm-hmm. no, fine. definitely. And I think that's that's what that's why I love this expressive writing so much. Is you know, you you would never if if you were just left to your own devices for writing in, in a blank journal, you wouldn't necessarily write about how you felt about certain events or how you are feeling about certain events, you would be more inclined to just write about the event in general and it would be more of a diary of sorts. So, and that's where expressive writing comes in is it's not about what happened. And and that's why when you start to talk to people about a written journal, especially in, in a day and an age more filled with technology, everyone wants to do an app and, and maybe some of their fears of writing it down is maybe somebody could pick it up. And, and I always sort of say to them that, because it's expressive writing, it's all about sort of how you felt about what happened. 
it's not as clear cut as just picking up and reading about a situation because it doesn't really make sense because it is more aimed at thoughts and feelings about what happened rather than the actual time frame about what happened. So it is rather cryptic. And again, you know, this demand for apps and and wanting to have everything in our hand and, and sort of one click away. There's no therapy in, in typing because as quick as we can type, we can highlight and delete it a lot faster. So it doesn't come from the heart and you're never going to be able to get expressive writing if you know that you can highlight and delete or you can change things as you go. And that's the whole point of, of the writing and putting pen to paper is that's where the, the self-therapy comes. Yes. I think we should do a retreat on it, give people a couple of days just to really get into it, give them the mm -hmm. time. And you're kind of coaching as to how to use it properly, you know, exactly. so that we get the maximum self-healing from it, because that's what will happen. Mm -hmm. okay. Not for sure. And, and again, like just reiterating the fact that the results are very apparent very quickly. And and again, you you don't need to give up a lot of your time and day to, to doing one of these exercises a day. Even if you don't want to do it one a day, you can do it every every other day, but it only takes five minutes, maybe um, 10 minutes if you need to read the exercise, the long exercise and, and the effects that you can get for just doing that 10 minutes is, is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, a lot of people are struggling with time and possibly the, it's, it's the kind of catch 22, the more, the less time you've got, the more you need to do this. <laughs> definitely yeah yeah, yeah. i know we all love to procrastinate don't we oh absolutely absolutely yeah. well that's fantastic so the what is the website address so the website is combat-journal.com right. or you can find me on instagram combat.journal and, and all the other socials but they're the main ones yeah do you have a community on your website yet so that's something that um so a few people have asked me, you know, what's next? And and even though I, I don't feel that I need to rush to, to sort of do anything else because or anything immediately, um, because the point of doing these exercises is the repetition is so much therapy within its own right. Um, so even if you took six months to complete the journal, you could easily pick it up again. Um, and it took me about four years to develop. So I'm I'm not going to rush anything out that I don't think is, is going to um, sort of be as good as, as combat journal. Um, so I'm. What I am looking to do, however, is create a bit of a community. So, just like you said there, um, again off the back of my own research, um, I found that there was such a such a drive and such a demand for a community. Um, and even though there's so many Facebook groups and everything else out there, there's almost too much, and it's almost a little bit of a maze to navigate around or to find one that's actually going to be suitable for you, your particular needs. Um, so that's one thing one of the main things that I want to bring is is a question-based open forum um, where you can ask questions, you can sort of put little labels to it and people people will then either get notified or, or see it on their feed and they can respond to you. Um, so that's something that I am working towards, um, but it's it's not quite there yet. Yes, yeah. I mean, that's that to me would be the obvious next step because you, mm -hmm. you want to talk to other people that are doing it and kind of, you know, maybe not get tips as such but get well maybe get tips and you yeah know, of course and also but the whole thing is all about what finding helps people and and you know i've i've developed what helped me and, and i believe it can help others but if other people you know share their own thoughts and feelings and what worked for them it can maybe be incorporated into something that's going to be even better the second time around 
Yes, yes. Well, that's been fantastic. Um, thank you so much for coming on, and well done. No problem at all. Um, and we'll, I'll get this, uh, I'll get all your details um, in the, uh, you know, in the description in the in the podcast, so that people can do their Christmas shopping. <laughs> <laughs> get the orders in now. Yeah, fantastic. Thanks yeah. so much, Gary. No problem at all. Thanks very much for having me, Lilia. Cheers. Cheers. Bye.